0: Man. It's the day before Halloween When this episode releases scare me It like will that, be man. Halloween <laughs> It is also the first day That it is snowing uh, Where I live And the Pallid grey sky Is a Grim reminder of my own mortality And the mortality of my loved ones How's your Halloween season
1: going? Uh, just swimmingly Yeah I uh, I got invited to do a group costume. Oh! And we were Scooby Doo in the gang. Oh, <laughs> I'll, nice! I'll give you two guesses as to who I was. Velma. No. Daphne. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> idiot! No, you swine!
0: <laughs> <laughs> give me two guesses—the <laughs> the exact number of females.
1: I <laughs> was the mystery machine. <laughs> Explain. Yeah. Well. I've got a cardboard box. I cut out a me-shaped hole like, a, like <laughs> that could fit around my waist. Sure. And I painted the sides, front, and back of the mystery machine on it.
0: Fair enough. Okay, yeah, see, yeah. I, would, I, I would have never guessed that, and I'm sure that's what you were going for. <laughs> Velma. <laughs> you are a bit of a Velma. <laughs> speaking honestly here um, yeah let's see Dan you got any um I, I don't take you to be the kind of guy that believes in ghosts is that correct nope yeah okay uh, anything in the paranormal any of that uh, 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 no. no okay Uh. well uh, I was gonna ask you if you have any sort of Spooky stories from your childhood or anything, but I'm guessing you, the advanced level skeptic,
1: probably have nothing. <laughs> now, just the two years having to live with you in an apartment—that oh, okay. was spooky well, enough. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> why don't you leave the insults to me. All right, I'm the host. Velma. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't have spooky stories. I don't like. I also don't really believe in ghosts or anything, but. The one thing I have that's close, and I'd like to explain it real quick, if I may, is Devil's Hollow. Oh, yes. And, and if you could transport yourself into the mind of a teenager in the woods. Every day. It really helps. <laughs> so I start every day. Uh, it, it helps. Uh, this, was, this was scary for me. And it, was, it wasn't, it was like, scary. It was, like, uh, very eerie and intriguingly eerie. Annoyingly intriguingly eerie because I never got answers. But here's what happened. I lived in an apartment in high school with my family, of course. And behind the apartment was a forest. And one day, a friend and I were... I don't remember if we were throwing a football in the field next to the forest or... We may have been hitting golf balls. Uh, Either way, yeah, we ended up going into the forest because it was up on a hill. There was just like the remnants of what was obviously a house that had been lived in, but it was broken down to just the foundations and like a few concrete walls still standing. But there was... The things that you would find in a house strewn everywhere, like toilets, shoes, cans, uh, cookware. Shoes? Whoa. Yeah, they were like children's shoes. It was kind of creepy. Oh, God. And so that alone was enough. But then like a week later, after I'd been telling all my friends about this, we brought another friend, Dan and I's mutual friend, Ryan. And he... just, for whatever reason, lifted up a piece of sheet metal that was sitting on the ground. And there was, underneath the sheet metal was a, a concrete circle, probably four feet in diameter. And there was a perfectly square hole in the middle of it that was just blackness. You couldn't see anything down there. And it was like it, the hole is big enough f- for a person to fit through. And we did because we were so desperate to find out what the fuck this place was <laughs> that we. <clears throat> well, this is great. This is great because my parents listen to this and I don't think they know how <laughs> extensively. <laughs> um,
1: Daddy. Yeah, uh,
0: so. <laughs> we started a full operation to dig to the bottom of this because when you went in it was like there's probably 6 feet maybe before you hit dirt
1: in this whatever this ch- chamber was did somebody just decide to jump in they were like hey, i'll go for it
0: we like we looked inside and it was just dirt you could see like stuff sticking out uh, of okay. dirt so like we went in but there was a big heavy Car door nearby, (laughs) like back when cars were just made of steel exclusively, and we tied a rope to it. Oh no, oh my god, I'm sorry, it wasn't nearby, it was in the hole. And we, (laughs) in the most dangerous job possible, we hoisted it out of there. We had like two or three people underneath, and I'm talking, this thing is probably like three, 400 pounds, this car door. Jeez. And so he could have killed one of us if we had, like, lost grasp of it. Um, <laughs> did
1: you hmm. use, like, a tree branch or something with this rope not. around it? Nope. Oh, uh, hands.
0: I think we did have people up top pulling with a rope. Then we used that as, like, a, as a weight, and we kept the rope on there, and we, had a, we tied a bucket to the end, and we just started digging and filling the bucket, and there would be someone up top. And I think we did a few days... Or we would just take shifts, and uh, we kept digging, and eventually we we found this big metal box. We never <laughs> we never got all the way down to get the box out because one of our friends, Austin Freeman, found bones while he was digging, like animal bones. But it it freaked him out, and he you know, he just started like screaming, and. Um, I think it started like snowing, and we just stopped and never completed the job. But you would not believe the lengths I went to to try to figure out what that place was. I looked at old maps. I went down to the the H- history museum in the city and
1: looked. <laughs> we at- were in college, and I remember yeah, you. Oh god, it was talking years. about going to like the <laughs> parks library. I spent years archives. trying to figure this
0: thing out. Yeah, I, I went down to. The- History Museum of the City. I looked at aerial photographs from the 30s up until the 70s of the area. And the problem was, since it was in this forest, you could never see what was there. And there was no... We looked at property maps from that time. There's nothing. It's been expunged from the record, apparently. The person who owns the land now was a real estate agent. And when I emailed her about it, I know now that it was just a liability thing, but in the mindset I was in, when I got the email back from, it was horrifying because it basically said like, you must never return to that
1: you know, <laughs> swath of land. She actually sent an audio recording of her <laughs> yeah. saying, yeah. you shall never return. And
0: I got like dodgy answers from the church nearby that used to own that land. And what, oh I mean, my God. what really added to it was that that land used to be owned by a church and then they sold it to the city and when they sold it to the city it became a park called Devil's Hollow which is like, come on and of course (laughs) um, a body was dumped nearby in the 80s a woman named Teresa, I think oh god uh, yeah, I've lost some serious metaphorical sleep over that one
1: okay Well, was this like was this like a was it like a concrete foundation? Do you remember?
0: It was, yeah. So it was like there was three sections. I remember there was. I'm really bad at estimating areas, so I couldn't give you like, but there was like one section where it was probably 25 feet across and like 15 feet deep, and that that had two standing walls, and eventually we like. After we had stopped uh, digging, we eventually went back up there and like spray painted the walls and just did like you know teenager shit. Uh, <laughs> and there was that extended all the way probably like to another part where there was like I, I remember there being a toilet and a collapsed chimney. And then about twenty five feet west of that was what I'm guessing was a garage just because of how mm. small it was or like a shed or something. But that also Dang. had a concrete foundation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You got, you got to like, you got to put the coordinates out there. So maybe someday when we have like a big fan base and they listen to our first season and get a if team of people get some, looking at adventure it. Some adventure
0: adventurers out there.
1: Exactly. yes, yeah. <laughs> Arm your laptops, gentlemen.
0: Um, <laughs> So last chance before I get into this, you got any stories or are you just going to say to everybody that you, you lived a boring life?
1: <laughs> uh, well, now that you open that can of worms, yeah, I guess I just lived a boring life. <laughs> okay.
0: <clears throat> okay, we go today to a town in Germany called Weidhofen in modern-day Bavaria, a farm called Hinterkaifeck home to the Gruber family of six. Parents, Andreas and Ketsilia, their widowed daughter, Victoria, her children, Ketsilia and Josef, and of course there was a live-in maid. I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. Every single one of these people dies. Oh yeah. And now we're gonna start at the beginning. Six months before all of this happens. Made maid for the Gruber family at the time, quits her job, citing strange noises, and she believes the house to be haunted. Shortly after that, the patriarch of the family, Andreas, finds a newspaper from the city of Munich on his farm, which is 40 miles away. <laughs> he does not subscribe to that newspaper, nor does anybody in town that he asked. Uh, days before the inevitable murders they found the family found fresh footprints in the snow leading from the forest near their farm to their barn to a door with a lock that was broken oh like the yeah the lock had been broken oh yes the children reported hearing sounds in the attic footsteps and the like nothing was found when the father the grandfather sorry investigated Despite all of this, Andreas, the proud German man, refuses (laughs) to ask anybody for help, nor does he report (laughs) any of this to the authorities. Ah, boy. On March 31st, 1922, their new maid arrives. Her name is Maria Baumgartner. Unfortunately for her, March 31st, 1922, is also the day of the murder. Of all six of these people. First day on the job. Oh,
1: no. What a mess.
0: So, any thoughts so far, Dan?
1: Well, at first I thought it was the first maid. Right. I guess. Just because, you know.
0: You bring up an interesting point, and perhaps one worth looking at, but I do not well, see I mean- her name on the list of suspects at all.
1: No, but, uh, you know, if if it was her, it's a a conspiracy. There had to be, like, another person involved. She's not driving, riding, (laughs) walking 40 miles to Munich to get a newspaper just to freak these people out a little bit,
0: Uh, you know? Good point. She probably also just alibied out or something. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that night, the family is somehow lured into the barn one by one and murdered with a pickaxe.
1: Oh man, that's like a movie. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's like a textbook.
0: Yeah, pickaxes, that's a murder weapon. I mean, that's like Yeah,
1: and one by one, one come on. Yeah, it's like, come on, how do you, all six of them? (laughs) I bet you three of them saw the body of the previous person and were like, no, and then got, (laughs) yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) Actually,
0: sorry, so not all six, because the youngest son, Mm Yosef of Victoria, was only two years old, Ew. he and the maid Maria were killed after the family inside of the
1: house. I think Wait, the new both... maid was killed, also. Yes, oh man, she um, was another guess to be honest. Oh, well, I, you... like for the same way, like I don't know, let's get this other maid to leave and I'll you know become their this... maid and then we'll steal their treasure,
0: <laughs> their the treasure, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um. When we get to the uh, what, like the suspects, it turns from horror movie to soap opera. So get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, so Maria and Joseph were sleeping and were killed in their respective rooms. 1922, Germany, not quite as connected as we are as a society today. So finding the bodies was not an immediate thing. It took four days, but... I don't know how much of this is circumstantial, but it really seems like maybe the townspeople were not too fond of this family uh, because of how long and how many red flags there were. So, Oh, boy. um, The day after, some coffee sellers who uh, usually come through and sell the family some coffee came by and uh, knocked on the door, saw no signs of law, No answer left. Um, Katsilia the Younger was reported absent from school for three days. Oh my god, yeah, because
1: the whole family just went on vacation, right? From their farm in 1922, you
0: know. Not, uh, I can't imagine farmers in the 20s in Germany were that's not a particularly lucrative business, I would imagine. Oh, no. So they did not show up for the church service on Sunday. Oh, that's the the trigger right there. No, it isn't. (laughs) What? What? The mailman delivers the mail on Monday and notices that... The mailman?
1: Hey. (laughs) I don't know. Go go early Germany, damn. The mailman... Sort of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Up to a certain point, yes. (laughs) Up until about Uh, (laughs) mid-1930s, yeah. Bit of a Swiss cheese situation in there.
0: Explain what Swiss cheese. It's a bit
1: of a Swiss cheese. Yeah, so like from like 19, I don't know, 12 to 1919, definitely fuck Germany. And again, from you know oh, 33 no, no, I, to.
0: So is that you're just saying holes? Is that the analogy? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I get the. Too many European countries involved here.
0: Yeah. The mailman notices Saturday's mail. Is still there when he delivers the mail on Monday. <laughs> A man named Albert Hoffner, an assembler, is his job title. I don't know what that means. <laughs> he arrives to fix the food chopper, and I don't know what that is. <laughs> but, um, uh, so <laughs> he arrives at the farm, and uh, I assume he wants to be paid. So he Knocks on the door, and uh, no answer. He waits an hour, and then he's like, well, I guess I'll just do it. An um, hour? Yeah, he waited an hour. This what a guy. Much. It's snowy. Like, what is it? Where, <laughs> where did he wait? Um, so he fixes it, takes four and a half hours, still nothing. God, oh, Jesus. So he goes back into town, and he tells the children of... The local guide, which I also a job that oh is beyond the God. local guide, a gentleman by the name of uh, Lawrence Lorenz
1: Schlittenbauer. <laughs> He's the guy that did the big bus tours before that big bus <laughs> company was a <the> thing.
0: <laughs> um, so he tells Lorenz Schlittenbauer's children about it. They tell their father, and he and two able-bodied men go to the farm and uh, find the bodies. That
1: took way too long. In the barn. What? That took way too long. Yes. Like, to, to find the bodies. Absolutely. Too many people had a chance.
0: Immediate findings of the investigation are as follows. <clears throat> they surmised that it was a pickaxe, but no actual pickaxe was found at the scene, and in the name of journalistic integrity, I should say that it was actually technically a mattock, not a pickaxe, but uh, I'm not really sure what the difference is.
1: How do you spell
0: mattock? M-A-T-T-O-C-K. I will continue while you find out what's going on there. Uh, they also yep. determined... Now that's an
1: axe. pickaxe? <laughs> it looks exactly like a pickaxe. Yeah. yeah.
0: Germans. Um, Germans. <laughs> Catcilia the Younger, the seven-year-old child of Victoria, was alive for hours after the wound, unfortunately, and pulled out tufts of her hair. What? They determined, and this is weird, whoever the perpetrator is of this attack remained on the farm for the four days it took and potentially longer. Well, because what? Because presumably this person had attic access, but when the authorities actually arrived, they had noticed that food had been cooked and used from the pantry. Uh, the cattle were fed, and some of the neighbors had reported that they had seen smoke coming from the chimney over the weekend.
1: Dude, how did they not catch anybody?
0: Right, you know, um, the they determined not a robbery because they just had money sitting around, you know, uh, probably not really worth using banks. So they just kept their money laying around, wasn't touched. So that's as far as the investigation. And, uh, that's
1: so lazy.
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny. I think this, I saw that the actual last, like I wouldn't call it an interrogation, but the last time that the authorities touched this case was actually nineteen eighty six
1: so like somebody opened the box yeah, back up yep oh, man. Um, I mean I guess when you have six people murdered like
0: yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, here's here's what's funny so we got we got some suspects good and i there are actually a lot of suspects, but I am it's an unsolved case, and I'm going to keep it to the two most uh, exciting of the suspects, because both of these are in some way involved in some sort of love triangle. Yes. So Carl Gabriel is the husband of Victoria, the daughter, presumably died in World War I, but no body was ever found. And I, I, there is like some speculation that he survived. And the children, Ketsilia and Yosef, oh no, I'm sorry, actually just Yosef, were born illegitimately in her husband's absence. So there are two potential fathers. One is her father. There was an incestuous relationship between the two of them that was actually documented. In court and known amongst the town people. Oh boy. The second one is our good friend Lorenz Schlittenbauer, who had been a known lover. Wait, the guide? Yeah, the guide. What? So he had had a relationship with Victoria, and his initials are present on the birth certificate for Yosef, but that could have just been like a doctor's initials, coincidentally. And this Lorenz Schlitbauer guy, since he was the first one on the scene, apparently there was some sketchy stuff about, like, he, they had to break into the house, or they had to break into the barn, and then after all that, he just whips out a key that he has and unlocks the house. Uh, so. Oh, brother. Um, and, like, years after suspicion, but now for whatever reason, Schlittenbauer was cleared and actually won several civil claims for slander against persons who had described him as the murderer of Hinter You hear that? That's me closing the book, because unfortunately uh, that is the best and worst thing about cold cases is there is no end. Um, <laughs> that's, that's all we got,
1: so. <laughs> um i mean i don't uh, God. do
0: you think here's my the question
1: bower dude stands out the most yeah that's weird because he's got weird. the love triangle thing the key i don't know toss that up to just being left over from their years of affair or that's their exactly moments what the of affair did. yeah
0: that's exactly what the police did because um, it was the, it, uh, it was known that they had an affair and he did say when he went into the house, he cited the reason as, I'm going to look for my son, Yosef. Um, so, whether this, it would be so fucking metal if it was the husband fakes his own death in World War One, finds out his wife has been <laughs> banging not only the local guide, but her dad, and fucking
1: pop, pop. Murders Yo, an entire honestly, family. Honestly, though, because... Think about that, that the whole Munich newspaper thing. That oh, that could point in that direction. Yeah. Like if we're just looking at these two guys, husband finds out distraught. He's been laying you know, low in Munich. Yeah, yeah. The big city, right? You just you got to go get some work, get an apartment. And then like he brings the newspaper with him on, you know, the, do some recon. He can hide himself or whatever. I, you know, I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and here's actually a little fun tidbit that I noticed. Um, so, I don't know if this was just standard medical practice. Uh, since the entire family was murdered, wasn't really next of kin. They uh, cut off the heads of all of the family after the autopsy and kept the heads in like a city records thing in a in the city of augsburg germany and the heads were entirely destroyed in the allied bombing of augsburg in world war ii so um what was this
1: common practice well uh
0: the germans must have done some weird shit well i know that's not fair to compare because like doesn't somebody own Einstein's brain in a jar? But, like, that's different because right, Einstein's yeah, brain is, like, it's like the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, you know, it's like a, it's a yeah. special item.
1: Apparently in Germany, uh, when you bury a dead person, they can only stay there for 30 years, and then they have to get rid of the body and open that space up to a new dead person.
0: Jeez, if the French had used that hole. <laughs> um that's honestly
1: insane. Um, that's yeah, that's really that... weird. <laughs> I mean they just don't have like land. They're just like burial is so expensive yeah. because it's just running out of land.
0: The old world man. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. It
0: sucked to live in Europe, huh? Oh. <laughs> Stupid assholes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna find anything. Yeah, that's you know what. That's all right.
0: That's uh, that's how the police felt about the Hinterkaifeck murders. So,
1: yeah, but the pol- come on, come on, I, I, come on. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. My apologies, I don't know if they did everything. <laughs> sir, yeah. no, no, no. I just don't feel like they did everything that they could.
0: Now, well, obviously, you know what?
1: this is some real retroactive... That might, like- just,
0: that might just tie back to how many times where somebody should have been like, hmm, maybe we should check up on this family. <laughs> maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, incestuous relationship, daddy-daughter. I regret saying daddy-daughter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your parents uh, listen yeah, to this. Um,
0: maybe the townspeople just didn't like this family and just didn't give a shit that they got murdered (laughs) (laughs) well uh, you got um, I don't know what your living situation is I don't want you to go into too much detail but uh, are you going to deal with trick-or-treaters no
1: I mean I'm excited for that in the future just not now yeah yeah I think um, what about you
0: I think we're going to go the policy of avoidance turn off the light cuz it's definitely going to be like something i would have to worry about and we didn't buy
1: candy and i don't want to deal with children mm. but uh, but there's a likelihood that somebody's going to try and knock on your door yes. and get some candy
0: luckily the front door is just about the furthest thing from our bedrooms by remain size nice. so uh, we'll start playing loud music or something i don't
1: know <laughs> <laughs> drown them out <laughs> You don't have decorations, right? Oh, no. No.
0: No. (laughs) I might do... uh, You know what? Hey, maybe I'll do Christmas lights this year.
1: Just for Halloween.
0: Well, I don't have much time (laughs) to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's dark out now. (laughs) And actually, I think this... Uh, I think the city I live in actually does the trick-or-treating tonight. And it's like... I don't know if this is a new thing or just because it's like a bigger city than I grew up in. But like, first off, they do it tonight on the thirtieth, and it can only be done between I think six and eight p.m. Mm. So, and is that like? I mean, are, are the police going to enforce that or what? Like <laughs> tasing kids <laughs> at eight oh one p.m.
1: We told you, yeah.
0: Busting out the Riot Gear Visha style. <laughs> oh, rip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hear that? Sort of. How about that? Yeah? Yeah, that's the Rubik's Cube I bought that I'm never going to solve.
1: <laughs> Why uh, is it, like,
0: rattling? I was spinning it very fast. Oh, okay. I was really flipping through the sides there.
1: <laughs> I don't know if this is like a horror story, but I have like it almost became a horror story. Not like paranormal whatsoever, but it was just scary. So when I was in Taiwan, there was this uh just off the coast of our city that we were in was this little island. Uh it's just like a little beach town. And so what we did is, you know, several times we got on bikes, jumped on a ferry, took the ferry to the Island, hung out on the beach. There was like a a beach bar there where like a bunch of foreigners were all the time. So it was cool to see where people were from, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, one time we did that. So we got on the ferry, but we were pretty late. And, uh, so we were hanging out at the bar really late and we took, took the bikes and, uh, we, we were like, oh, well, there's a bridge on the southern part of the island. So let's just, instead of waiting for the ferry, let's just go to that bridge. So we start biking down to the southern part of the island, and it's well past dark. Very few people are out on the streets. And uh, it's like way further than we anticipated. We probably <laughs> biked like 10 miles, dude. And, and we get to this bridge, not 10, probably 5. Uh, we get to the bridge... And it's looking less and less like there's a pedestrian part of the bridge to get back to the main <laughs> part of the city. So I'm like, uh, maybe we just go for it." And so the roads are pretty barren. So we just start like biking down the middle of the road, and we are starting to approach a tunnel. It's not a oh, bridge, no. it's a tunnel with like no shoulder on it. And immediately upon realizing this, we just hear a whistle like like this guy running out of a booth with a reflector vest on, like, no, no. Like <laughs> yeah. that's the only English word that he could get out. And he was just like, no, blowing his whistle. So we stop. We're like freaked out, hoping we're not about to get in trouble. And uh, so, so we ended anyways through a bunch of hand gestures. We find out we are not allowed to do what we are about to try and do. <laughs> so, so we have to bike back like five or so miles to the northern part of the island where the ferry is and then the last ferry is coming in like a very short amount of time like we're not sure we're gonna make it and we're, (laughs) we're like holy crap we're gonna get stuck on this island like this would be terrible not thinking obviously we could just take an uber or something but anyways so we're just we're hustling we're drunk we're sobering up we're sweating we're hustling and we made it like just in time um, and we made it. And you know, the, the bridge from the ferry comes down like the little ramp thing. And all of a sudden, like 30 scooters, like 30 motorized scooters just pour out of the ferry. And one of my friends is in the middle of the road on her bike. And she's just getting swarmed by these scooters. Like, they are missing her by inches. And we're freaking out on the sidewalk, like, oh, my God, she's going to die. And miraculously, nobody gets hurt. And we just we get on the ferry and it's a silent ride back to the city because we're all just... Done. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how that's the story of how I almost ended up sleeping on a beach in Taiwan. That's 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 (laughs) good. Oh, well, I think that's it. Send us your votes, everybody. Email us at armchairadventure.com. Wait, at gmail.com. The
0: Armchair Adventurer
1: Show at gmail.com. No, mind you at gmail.com. Uh, uh, who do you think was responsible for these murders? Oh, yeah. Was it, was who it, do you think?
0: Was, was it was Dan dressed as Velma? <laughs> <laughs> or one of these German townspeople?
1: It was actually just the mystery machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chopping way. people up with an axe. All right. my from and suddenly. To my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It got on in a flash He did the match He did the monster match wow. From my love